All right, welcome. It's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard. We got a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day. My contributor is Farron Cousins, host, Ring of Fire. And in the bullpen, this is going to be interesting. We have Peter Pishke, commentator, Young Voices, talking about the problems of being woke in corporate America. This really just gets on his nerves. And he's standing up for the big guy, the corporation. Should be an interesting debate. Top story of the day, an officer, a corrections officer decided to mock the deadliest racially motivated massacre in the history of this country against black people. Let's put up the graphic, let's put up his Facebook post. Cuz I want to show you how insane this is. On May 14th, as you remember, a white supremacist, Peyton Gendron, fired 50 rounds outside and inside of Top Store, killing 10 people, injuring three. 11 of the victims were black. This guy thought it was funny. He's an officer, remember. He thought this was funny, so he posted a meme about it. His name is Greg Foster, and his Facebook post says, and I quote, too soon, question mark. This should weed out some Facebook friends, smiley face. And the picture says clean up on aisle three, no wait, four, also seven, nine, 12, and 13. And then his Facebook friends who obviously are also racist as hell, put the graphic back up for me. They decided to laugh at this, the greatest massacre, the most carnage ever created for a racially motivated crime in this country against black folk. His friends are Chris Monin, Chris Monin thought it was funny. His other friend, Sarah Lukowski, Sarah thought it was funny. Lee Al thought it was funny. Brandon Houston thought it was funny. Ken Tarbox thought it was funny. Ron Crane on Facebook thought this was funny. Let me be very clear, not only is it not funny, it's adversarial to every ounce of decency. It is complete, a complete opposite of humanity. It is depraved indifference, but this officer, who has cheerleaders decided to post this racist and insensitive message. Let's put up another image of him in all of his Facebook glory, all right? And remember the mugshot of the killer, the terrorist, Peyton Gendron, all right? That's the face of terrorism in this country. He will not be called a terrorist by most because he's in fact a white male. A New York corrections officer is facing termination for posting a meme on Facebook mocking the Buffalo mass shooting victims. Greg Foster II has been suspended without pay after he posted a photograph of a Topps friendly market store with the caption clean up on our three, no wait four, also seven, nine, 12, and 13, too soon question mark. 
This should weed out some Facebook friends. Foster wrote with a laughing emoji at the end of the sentence. At least seven people reacted with a laughing emoji before the post was removed. Screenshots of the post and the reactions have circulated on social media. Some are urging the public to file complaints to state correction officials. All right, so let's get some background here. The New York State Department of Corrections and Community Supervision said the despicable post does not represent the morals and values of its staff and violates multiple department rules. Foster will be fired and the state agency has launched an investigation to identify and discipline any staff who may have engaged with the posting. Officials said in a series of tweets on Tuesday, May 7th. Now remember, likely some of his colleagues also decided to say, yeah, this is funny. Black people dead, white supremacists killed them. Oh Yeah, this is absolutely funny. And remember, they work in law enforcement. They work in law enforcement. Now, here's what needs to happen to the New York State Department of Corrections. If you're serious about this being antithetical to the culture of your community and to your industry, then that means you will launch an investigation into this officer's conduct previous to this Facebook post. You will now take the complaints that he has had filed on him seriously previously. Oh, I guarantee you this officer has a series of complaints. You will also make sure that you start a comprehensive program to eliminate those who are subscribers to white supremacy ideology in your ranks because they are there. This officer does not exist in a silo. He's part of an actual ecosystem, a social dynamic, a cause and effect. You won't get away with just throwing him under the bus. He deserves to be there, but his friends do too. All right, fair thoughts. Well, I think in a situation like this, you're always gonna have people that make horrible jokes about horrible things that happen. But with this guy in particular, that one line right at the end, this should weed out some Facebook friends. That to me, if you're kind of looking for intent in this particular instance, there's your intent, right? That is the stated point of all of this. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly what kind of message he wanted to send to his friends and followers. And basically to me, it says like, okay, yeah, this this will get rid of some of the people who I probably don't wanna be friends with because they don't agree with me that haha, this is actually something that's pretty funny instead of a very serious indictment of how bad racism has become in modern America. That's what he's attempting to do here with that line. Like this should weed out some Facebook friends. That again, that, that line just gets to me. Because it tells you everything about it. This was not just a bad joke. This was intentional. This is the message he wanted to send. And he succeeded with it. And, and what worries me the most here is the fact that, okay, if he gets fired from this one corrections facility, is he gonna go and become a, a corrections officer at a private prison? You know, one of those many things popping up all over the country. Is he just gonna move to a different state? You know, go into a different system like we see police officers do. Constantly, right? I mean, that unfortunately is what is most likely going to happen with this man. So, no real consequences 
typically, you know, we gotta wait and see, obviously. But I, I don't expect him to learn a lesson from this. I don't expect him to reflect on what he's become personally. He's probably just gonna move on to the next job, probably at a place where they look at things like this and they say, hey, you're one of us, come on in. Yeah, and that's why we highlight them on the show because we don't have the Floyd, uh, the George Floyd Police Again Accountability Act, which would have created a federal database so that anyone could have looked up this incident at any time in the United States of America or beyond. Since they don't have that database, we are going to create our own de facto database where we highlight these individuals. All right, we're gonna go to a break. We'll be back, it's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Okay, let me go to a private school in Birmingham. All right, this private school decided to show President Barack Obama as a monkey. Put up the graphic, okay? Let me give you some background to this. There's a wave of controversy now after students were given an assignment titled An Introduction to Primates, okay? And former President Barack Obama's photo was prominently listed. So earlier this month, during a biology class lesson, an assignment was passed out to students instructing them to pick from the gallery of photos labeled apes, Monkeys and lemurs. And there in the second row is former President Barack Obama. Let's put up a picture of the school, okay? The school is known as Roper School. It is the oldest K through 12 school for gifted children in the United States of America. The Birmingham private school claims it prides itself on diversity and an alternative education that costs basically $30,000 a year. Let's put up the graphic again of the lesson that they received. That's what your $30,000 is getting you in the oldest gifted children program in the country, okay? Here's what the Roper School said in a quote. We are aware the lesson taught and continue to review the incident. We are not providing additional information out of respect for the privacy of our community members. They're talking about white people, okay? Right, white power structures need to be protected here. White people are involved. Um, we need to protect white people. So that's their community. They're not concerned about the community of adversely impacted children. And by the way, black children are part of this program. Black parents are affiliated with this program. Black administrators are connected to this program. They're not concerned about them. They're concerned about protecting the status quo, the actual power structure of programs like this, all right? Uh, Fox 2 also obtained a letter that was sent to the parents, all right? So they did kind of address it, here's what it said. The worksheet was taken from a highly regarded university. That's what they said, they're blaming it on a highly regarded university website and assigned in a high school biology class, the letter said in part. 
On behalf of Roper School's leadership, I would like to acknowledge the disturbing racial offense contained in this worksheet and sincerely regret its use and the harm it caused. Can I remind everyone that this was an actual assignment that had to be downloaded by an administrator or educator, had to be looked at, reviewed, vetted, and then actually assigned to students. So you mean to tell me that your program of gifted children, that you do not have gifted administrators, that you do not have gifted teachers. As a matter of fact, your teachers are quite silly. Your teachers are ridiculous. Your teachers are adversarial to actual education. You have a deeper problem than just this one assignment. And in your own explanation, you throw a mystical, unknown, unnamed university under the bus. A highly regarded university did this to us. Highly regarded. Long as I say highly regarded, that means white. A, a white college that well respected did this. Now, damn it. We're not going to violate our community members by letting you know the truth. There's more. Uh, the school is offering counseling to students affected by the assignment. How <laughs> big of them. And they'll continue training staff to educate on racial bias in the classroom. The letter also stated that the teacher was taken, has taken responsibility and admits uh, to not properly vetting the resource. It did not state where exactly the assignment was obtained. Yes, it was obtained from a highly regarded university. Educator has taken full responsibility for this. And we are going to train them not to refer to black people as monkeys. All right, what else do you want? If you have to create a training program so that your teachers do not teach that black people are monkeys and apes, you're way past programming here. You're way past the spectrum of implicit bias or unconscious bias. This is absolutely hyper aggressive bias. Let's put up a picture of the head of school. There he is. David H. Feldmanic. He's the person in charge. He's the guy protecting everything. Now remember, conservatives want you to think that critical race theory is the worst thing in education in America when it's not even taught in K through 12 education. Here's the problem. It's not that critical race theory is not taught. It's the fact that it should be taught. And the reality is these educators who not only submitted this as an assignment, you see the culture of protection around this enterprise of neglect and racism. All right, really pisses me off. I'm a former educator in high school and I don't understand how anyone would remain on staff, my dear brother, after doing something like this to kids. All right, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, you pointed it out beautifully there. There's no way this was just one single individual failure there. You yeah. know, there, there's a chain, especially when you're talking about a very, you know, $30,000 a year private school. 
there is this chain of command. Typically, individual teachers aren't just coming up, you know, oh, let me get on this university website, download this, here's your assignment, especially not in a school that prestigious. So there's likely somebody that creates the curriculum for the grade. So there's one person at least that we know of. Maybe it's a teacher, maybe not, but there's one person. Second, typically in instances like this, the teachers do not print out their own materials. The materials are printed out, you send them down to the right. you know, whatever department in the school to do that. So at least two people at that point would have seen that this happened. There's likely another one to two people, depending again, if they have an individual putting together the curriculum. So you're talking minimum of two, probably three to four who saw this, looked at it, understood what it said and said, okay. Because let's also not forget if this was an assignment, the teacher had also had a copy. That's right. So that they knew you know, what the answers would be. Yeah. And that actually is the copy that I'm curious about. Yeah, what's the answer key? Exactly, what yeah. did they put? Because they had it on there, they had to have had the answer key ready to go for the homework that was gonna come back the next day. What did that answer key say? And I'm sure we'll never know that. I'm sure it probably has disappeared by now. But this is very telling, it's telling on the school, it's telling on the administration, it's telling on everybody along that chain of command. And if this did in fact come from an actual college as they claim, a you know, highly regarded university, which university? Because we need to know that as well. That we need right. to find out who is also teaching this horrendous lesson. And parents, if you're sending your kids to the Roper School, I think you ought to know your $30,000 is buying your students lessons that are copied and pasted off the internet. <laughs> Right, and listen, man, it's a damn lie. They didn't yeah. get this from some kind of highly regarded university. What highly regarded university would have that kind of simple ass ridiculous assignment on their website anyway? That, that The story is just convoluted and ridiculous. Uh, let's put up the scumbag's picture, put his mugshot up on the picture he gets here, okay? This is a deputy. Uh, who decided, according to the report, this deputy sheriff decided to rape an inmate during transport. This deputy is out of Oklahoma. His name is David Wayne Lohman, 58 years of age, was charged with a sexual battery, forcible sodomy, and engaging in a pattern of offenses against a female inmate. Let me give you the background to this. On April 12, 2022, the Canadian County Sheriff's Office requested state investigators after allegations of sexual assault by a female who was being transported by Noman. They requested an investigation. The unnamed inmate said that on April 7th, she was assaulted three times at three different locations, according to the Bureau. Now, this is this is probably not his only time doing this. So this deputy was on transport assignment, all right? This is typically part of his job. And on this assignment, he transports female inmates. He transported a female inmate. The Canadian authorities hear her story and they decide to ask for an investigation into the allegations, right? The investigators looked into the claims and arrested Lohman last week. He was booked in jail, his bail was set at 25,000. Once again, corruption permeating through the culture of law enforcement. 
And because this country has a rape culture, listen, we know this, probably much won't happen to him. He needs to go to jail for the rest of his natural life, in my humble opinion. But they will figure out a way because he is actually a post certified officer, which means he was supposed to be charged with violation of oath of office. Remember the rule, and I've told you this for a while. If you do not see them being charged with violation of oath of office, when that charge is not on the docket, the fix is in. There are two fixes typically when they do not charge with the oath violation. One fix is the plea deal. The second fix is for them to drop the more serious charges and they will allow the perpetrator to go to court on the less serious charges or perhaps get those charges dead docked. Which means in effect, these charges become null and void if the cop, if the officer does not engage in this conduct in the future. I've seen it done routinely. That's why people, that's why a lot of people don't like the police. It's not because corruption exists. Corruption exists on some level in every industry. It's because these corrupt actors tend to get away with it, but not at indisputable. All right, fair and thoughts here. You know, this unfortunately is far too common, especially with female inmates. Yeah. You know, we, we see the levels of abuse, the levels of, you know, sexual assault that they suffer at the hands of both you know male and female guards at at some points but this is just a further indictment of that you know we do such a poor job actually taking care of and looking after people that are in custody that things like this are able to happen and it's almost as if the system is designed that way, right? You know, once you get taken into custody, you know, there's a couple cameras here and there, but those cameras are not for the inmates' protection. Those cameras are basically to just make sure you don't run away. You know, when the bad things happen, there's no cameras. You know, there's rarely cameras in that instance. And and if you're transporting prisoners, there ought to be cameras all over that bus, not to protect the driver. But to protect these inmates from incidents like this happening. Same thing with the with the prisons. You know, every step along the way, we need accountability, we need video evidence. And it, it almost, you know, when you look at something like this, okay, then what needs to happen is we need to have, you know, not another officer in these transports. We need to have a lawyer. Mm-hmm. We need to have a lawyer not connected. You know, to the police. Well, I'm not talking about the state prosecutor that works with these guys every day. I'm talking about go out there, find some lawyers who are willing to donate their time to act as chaperones, essentially, to make sure things like this do not happen in the future. Because this is just one that we know of. And if people think this is the only time this has ever happened during a transport, you are kidding yourselves. Yeah, because for every exactly. story we hear about, there's dozens that we'll never know about. You, you hit on something really, really key. And I would like to echo that sentiment that we need greater transparency. Having cameras is one thing, but there are citizen advocacy groups that would be willing to become accountability partners with law enforcement, get trained. You can even deputize them under certain rules of the sheriff in that particular jurisdiction. But obviously, we cannot act as if individuals who are going through 
a temporary period of incarceration that somehow their humanity has been revoked. So we will always champion their humanity, their right to exist. And if they've made mistakes, I've made mistakes. You've made mistakes, everybody watching this show has made mistakes. Mistakes do not disqualify you from your humanity. All right, we got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Uh, don't forget, make sure you watch the watch list. All right, big homie JR Jackson, live weekdays, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen Wood. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Why? And you probably put yourself in the position no, to listen to that. That's a typical man. Typical. Typical man to say that. Ma'am, no weapons on you or anything like that? No, here. No, no. That's okay. Stand up for me, please. No. And just make sure you have any weapons on you. Look, look, I don't even have I don't pockets. Know, turn around. I don't want to touch you. I don't have pockets. Okay. Send us a battery. I didn't do any battery. No, when you spit on people, that's I battery. No, I did not. Listen, he verbally abused uh, well, me. Well, that doesn't give you the right to spit on him. Guess what? You verbally abused me as soon as I got here. Did I spit on you? No. You're in arrest for battery. No, you're yep, definitely doing that. that. Yeah, they're handcuffs. They're not for comfort. Can let's I go. take my purse? Absolutely. Come oh, on. Oh, please don't. No, oh, don't no, you're definitely going to jail. Let's go. Walk. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Can I leave my car here? Uh, that's absolutely fine. Sure. Right. Yeah, this is unbelievable. Yep. Unbelievable. Officer, officer, this is unbelievable. Let's go. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, I'll get a good attorney. God bless you. Yep, God bless me, God, because I'm a Christian. I, Christians don't talk like you. No, but you know what? No. I just went through a, can I okay. put that in my purse, I, I please? I need to collect your property, you are a prisoner now. I need to collect your belongings. I've never been a prisoner. Well, you are tonight. Amen. We found it. Legend has it that there will be one police officer who's actually an anti-Karen. There's more. That's gonna happen. With a simple I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But you, please, you apologize to us? I apologize. I'm not a racist. I have friends that are Muslim. Okay? I have friends that are Muslim. Oh, that hurts. You're hurting my hands. Well, they're handcuffs. They're not for comfort. Well, I've never had hands. So that's a no. Okay, so those those same Muslims that you were talking. Two just decided your fate and they elected to not Thank prosecute. You. God bless you. Yeah, God bless them. Because yeah. if it was up to me, you'd be going to jail. But they decided as the victim that you were not going to jail. I suggest you watch your mouth because the particular, shut up, listen. The particular group that you decide to mouth off to were professional or nice. Some people might kick you in your face and then we're going to come pick up the pieces. The man is telling the truth, all right? So this Karen, I got more video by the way. This particular Karen decided to spit on another human being because of some verbal back and forth, all right? The individual or individuals that she did this to decided to say no to pressing charges. I still think she should have been arrested, all right? I still think she should have 
uh, taking that ride for sure, regardless of what they said on the scene. Uh, there's one more, here it is. You, you don't know what he did to me. You don't before. have the right to ask me how to talk to you when you're disrespecting people. He disrespected me first. Literally spitting on people. Gather your belongings, count your blessings and leave. Listen, I'm a Bye. Christian. Yeah, yeah, well you need to look and that I, up. And I go to Calvary Chapel. You need to, right. that's concerning. That's, yeah. yeah, very concerning. Yeah, we'll talk to Pastor Doug. I, I will actually, right. I will talk to Pastor Doug and let him know how you Come feel about Sunday. different religions. Okay, for sure. Okay, yeah. 11 a.m. All right. Good night. All right, good night. I've already reached out to Pastor Doug over at Calvary Baptist Calvary Chapel Church. I have not received a response as of yet. After the show, I will be sending his church this particular clip that we put on social media every day. I will also be tagging the church once we post this clip later today because she asked us to do so. She said we need to contact her pastor. All right. I'm just trying to make people's dreams come true. Baron, thoughts here. You know, the fact that she even did any of this in the first place shows that she felt not only safe to do it, but almost entitled to go after Muslims because she doesn't like Muslims. The it's it's not just the comfort anymore that people feel expressing these overtly racist views. It's that they feel the necessity to do it again, the entitlement to do this, that this is their right to just walk up to somebody in a Walgreens and start in with, I, I, I don't like you. I mean, I don't like the way you are. That that's where we've come, and that that's what's driving so much of this that we see from these angry interactions for absolutely no reason. All that woman had to do was do her shopping and go home. That's yep. it. She made the decision because she felt compelled to do that. And based on what I saw right there at the end of that video, I don't think she learned anything. No. I absolutely feel like she Not walked away thinking, "Ha ha, I win." Yeah. And that's the problem. I you know, I wish I know they might still be able to. Maybe it's time to go back and say, "You know what? I do want to press charges after all." And they can. They can yeah. still do that. I highly encourage if somebody knows the people that were spat upon uh to encourage them to press charges. Now, let me say this. I wish you Karen Wood spit on me. Uh this will be the fullest extent of the law counter prosecution, all right? Uh, I would hold press conferences. Uh, we're going to make sure that we figure out a way to upgrade that to a felony. All right. Okay. I got something for everybody. Double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel right. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Let me show you what led to this. Here it is.
This is what black women go through. And I want to I want to show you something in this story. The Karen physically attacked a patron who happens to be a black female, physically attacked her. Everybody saw it. It was in clear and open view. Before doing that, she threatened this individual, tried to physically stop her movement. She said she was going to call 911. That's fine. That's your right. Call 911. But physically assaulting this young black female is not within your legal authority. But she did. And I don't believe, obviously, that she stole a damn thing. I don't think the black woman stole anything. So we're still trying to get more information about this. But I want you to remember what happened at the end. After this Karen assaulted the black woman, you literally had TSA agents right there who were black, who allowed this Karen to simply keep walking as if nothing happened. That's a problem for me. Now that's a loss for the culture. We're not winning when things like that happen. There's a physical assault. People see it, you got witnesses, you have cameras galore. And you literally have authorized individuals who can make an arrest, who decided to just let it go. I got a problem with this. I got a problem with this, okay? All right, we're gonna follow this story. Because that's a breakdown of not only protocol, that's a breakdown of common sense. Nobody can physically assault a consumer at your facility and get away with it. That never should be. All right? Okay. Um, Fair and thoughts here. You know, that's exactly the kind of behavior that should land somebody on that no fly list. Yeah. When you're assaulting somebody inside of an airport, that is obviously the jurisdiction of the TSA. That's the jurisdiction of the airlines who can make these determinations. You can't be on our plane ever again because of your behavior. And speaking of on the plane, I'm willing to bet based on the number of headphones I've found sitting on airplanes <laughs> that's right. that that's where her headphones are. Yeah. So, you know, of course, I don't know for sure, but what I'm assuming, because again, I've seen this happen so many times, the lady probably tucked him away somewhere in the, you know, back of the chair bed, forgot about him, goes out to pull him out, and then sees somebody next to her with headphones that look identical because 90% of headphones all look the same. That's where, that's how they make them. They're all identical. And probably thought, oh my God, I'm not. I'm not the careless person who left them on the plane or who misplaced them. Clearly, she stole them from me because look at her. I mean, she looks like a thief and we all know what that means. And that's probably, again, I can't say for certain, but if I had to make an estimation here, that's probably what went through her head. And it's disgusting because that is immediately where she went. Instead of thinking, okay, where could I have left them? What could have happened here? Did I put them in another bag? No, she immediately said, black person headphones, those are mine. Give them back or I'm gonna hurt you. That's where she immediately went with it. Yeah, nobody stole her damn headphones. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. 
I'm gonna read a couple of comments, Lynn. After Karen said, I'm not racist, I have Muslim friends, I'll wait for her to add, I don't see religion. Right, Bernie the Kiwi Dragon, hi Doc and Farron. Remember the guy who was accosted by Central Park, Karen? I read that he was bird, has a bird watching series with Nat, Nat Geo, good for him. All right, um, and Twitch, heaven help me 99. Good cops and good people gave her mercy, she should be grateful and shut up. Yeah. All right. Uh, I knew this would happen. A GOP gubernatorial front runner has declared he no longer wants one vote, one person. Literally, he no longer wants that in his state. This is such an interesting story. Uh, let's put up his picture full mass. Former. Parker Mayor Greg Lopez, who holds the top line on the 2022 Republican primary ballot says Colorado should create an electoral college system for electing candidates to statewide office. Okay, let's talk about the impact of this state proposal that would eliminate one person, one vote. The plan, which would be the first of its kind on the state level, would give far more voting power to Coloradans in rural areas, conservative counties, and dilute the voting power of those in Colorado in more populous urban and suburban areas. Even as turnout numbers vary over time, the sheer number of rural conservative counties would create a built-in advantage for Republicans. Those in Colorado have elected just one Republican governor in the last 50 years. So if this actually works, which by the way, they are dead as serious about doing this. If this actually is implemented, if they're able to get it done, it would guarantee Republicans would win for 50, maybe 100 years at that level. There, there's more background. NBC9 News analyzed how the proposal would work in lieu of details on the plan. All right, from the actual campaign, Nine News sorted the 2018 county turnout percentages in the gubernatorial race and sorted them into equally sized tiers as possible, assigning 11 electoral votes to the highest turnout tier, three electoral votes to the lowest turnout tier. Under Lopez's plan, the governor's race would have been a runaway win for Republicans who lost the actual race by double digits when each vote was weighed equally. That should come as no shock. What are they doing? They are figuring out ways to manipulate laws in order to stay in power. That's what they're doing. Now, while I stand completely against this anti-democratic method, you have to wonder when in the hell will Democrats get creative and do something? This is creative, evil, yes, but creative. Now, I didn't even know this was an option until I researched this story. To transform your state electorate so that you as the conservative and minority party in that state could retain power virtually forever. Lopez was clear that his goal was to stop the citizens of Colorado 
from being equally counted. He's not hiding from this. He said, and I quote, it's not about one person, one vote. Lopez said at the May 15th campaign stop, it's about true representation. That was his exact quote. And the man is a competitive candidate in Colorado to be governor. Listen, this is what we're fighting against. This is the level of corruption. The corruption has become so normative, nobody's hiding it anymore. They're not hiding this. He's telling you, no, I'm not for one vote, one person, one person, one vote. That's not representation. I'm for the Electoral College. You know how crazy the Electoral College is? Out of all of the countries that America has colonized by force, you know what they did not give them? An Electoral College. You know why? Because those countries would have never bought that garbage as democracy. That's why. The Electoral College system in our national presidential election is rooted in racism is rooted in slave era tactics in order to give southern states more power. That's it. All right, fair thoughts on this. You know, what terrifies me about this is that you have other states as well. Texas, Georgia, Florida, where I'm sitting right now. They're gonna look at this and they're gonna watch it intently. Because if this is something that if Lopez wins and he's able to do, Just like with every other Republican idea that starts at the state level, if he has success, you're gonna see this pop up in every state across the American South five months after he does it, within five months. You know, again, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina is a state where Republicans could definitely benefit from Ohio, Pennsylvania, just all over the place. They're gonna start moving to this. Because they know this is a way we can secure power. If we delegate this number of electoral votes to these tiny populations, limit what the high population areas that lean Democratic everywhere in this country, limit what they can do, we can have pure Republican rule for eternity. You know, at least for my lifetime, your lifetime, everybody watching this will be long gone before the demographics have shifted enough in this country to finally end that Republican rule. Yeah. It's always a slope. There's always this slippery slope with them, you know, these little test cases mm-hmm. that they do in one state and when they get the success, boom, it's everywhere. We've yep. seen it I God knows how many times in the last 6 months alone. This will be the next one and this is the one that could truly reshape the United States as it exists today in a significant way. Imagine a bus driver not liking Spanish or Hispanic children to speak Spanish, getting upset and deciding to turn the bus around, take them back to the school, tell them to get out. And they are now not supervised by an adult. Well, that's exactly what happened. A bus driver at Woodard Junior High School told a bus of 20 students that they could not speak Spanish while riding the bus home from school in Yuma, Arizona, okay? I wanna remind everyone, 
America does not have an official language. Even if it did, children speaking in their native tongue should not warrant you putting them in danger and not fulfilling your obligation and duty to care. This is what happened according to the report. The relative of a student at Woodward Junior High says the driver got upset when students continued speaking Spanish after they were told to stop and apparently even had a sign on the bus saying the students cannot speak a foreign language on her bus. In a video taken by a student, students confronted the bus driver about this apparent racism. A voice off camera is heard asking the bus driver, native language, what's so wrong with that? And another voice is heard saying, why don't you learn Spanish? Another voice is heard on the video responding with, maybe I don't want to, I'm in America. Note, Yuma, Arizona, where the school is located is a town of 60% Hispanic population, okay? The bus driver apparently got fed up, slammed on the brakes, turned the bus around and took all the children back to the school. The bus driver in question allegedly rerouted students back to the school instead of the bus stop to get home. Leaving parents in the dark about the whereabouts of their children for 20 minutes or more. Let's put up a picture of the school. There was no adult supervision. The kids were found outside of the school with no adults at all because the bus driver did not give a damn about these children. The bus driver has not been seen since the incident on May 13th, but Yuma Elementary School District has not confirmed or denied if the driver is still working or on administrative leave. Let's put up a picture of the superintendent. Buck stops with this person. This is the superintendent, his name is Jamie Sheldon. The district says they are investigating the situation but has refused to comment further. Okay, all right, so a couple of things here. Um, obviously, this bus driver is hella racist. I'm sure this is not the first time that this kind of conflict has happened where her racism has permeated through the culture of her job. Um, and this time, it actually led to children being put in a dangerous situation. We should not even have a conversation about if she's employed. The conversation should be, Where's the warrant for her arrest for child neglect, child endangerment, child abandonment? Where is that warrant? Because that's exactly what happened here, all right? Okay, Farron, uh, thoughts here. No, you're exactly right about that. I mean, the fact that this, oh, we haven't seen her in days. It should be because she's in jail. <laughs> right. You cannot just, I mean, essentially at that point too, a good prosecutor could probably go to court and argue that this was in fact kidnapping. You're charged with taking children to a specified place. That is your job. That is what the parents, the county, the school, the superintendent, and everybody has entrusted you with. You decided to move these children to another location that was not allowed based on these preset parameters that the county has for your bus route. So again, a, a very skilled prosecutor could probably go ahead and threaten those charges as well. And I think you'd have a really good chance of making them stick. These parents were terrified. 
They knew their kids yeah, at a certain weren't. time every day are supposed to be at this bus stop so they can get home from there. They didn't show up. 20 minutes, you know, a five minute variation, sure, I get it. My kids have ridden the bus and every now and then a couple minutes, but 20 minutes, yeah. I would have been on the phone with the police immediately at that point. And we, again, we, we may don't know, maybe some parents did, but again, they had cell phones, some were able to contact and say, listen, this is what's happened here. I've been taken back to the school. But the legal issues here, I mean, you've got civil rights violations out the yin yang at this point with this one. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the child endangerment, like I said, possibly, you know, the argument of, uh, of kidnapping, that's probably the most extreme, probably wouldn't happen. But again, it could. Get a good enough yeah. prosecutor, but there's there's lawsuits and legal charges that absolutely should already be filed right now. And the school district's response is, eh, we don't, yeah, we haven't seen them. We don't know. Right. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Like somehow um, she's not part of their culture. <laughs> all right. Uh, she's an expression of their leadership as well. Always a pleasure, brother. Tell people they can follow you, check out your great work. Uh, YouTube.com slash The Ring of Fire. And I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Farron Balanced. So thank you again for having me. It's always a pleasure being here. Always, my friend. Take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.